from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Star Joe's podcast, episode 205, a conversation with Jamie Cosley. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, yeah, uh, we are going to be uh, having a guest on a little bit later in the episode, someone John knows pretty well and uh, very excited to be able to talk with him. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we've, we have quite a few things to kind of talk about, and uh, we didn't want to occupy his time with those mundane things. So, well, I don't know about mundane, but... <laughs> Certainly not mundane on my side, um, but yeah, we've, we we figure we talk for a little bit and then we'll bring uh, Jamie on here and uh, kind of give you guys the full scope as as far as uh, who he is and why we're having him on the show and all that fun stuff. So, uh, John, how have you been? How have things been going for you? When been well, got a lot of great feedback on the last episode. Uh, as we as I said, I think we have to change our recording schedule so that I have more energy, but. Uh, <laughs> I think it was a fun all around. And uh, Jake Witherspoon, I apologize. I've said it. I'm done, and we're moving on. <laughs> good thing, good things all around. I know we're taking the top or a lot of the beginning of the show though to talk about your free comic book day experience because I know I'm not the only one that wants to hear about it. And yeah. as I said before, we got started recording. I did not really do anything for free comic book day this year, unfortunately, or. Fortunately, either way you look at it, uh, other, I, Jacob went to his junior prom, and that was that was about it. So nothing really comic book related. But uh, the floor is yours, my friend. I want to hear all about Steranko and, and <laughs> oh, yeah. all the rest. <laughs> all right. So uh, so yeah, as uh, I've mentioned in the past, uh, on uh, Free Comic Book Day, there's a, a comic shop here in Cleveland that is very well known. They're called Carolyn John's Comic Shop. Uh, last year they uh, they've been hosting a free comic book day event every year for as long as I can remember. Um, and basically as long as free comic book day has been going on and they, every year it's gotten bigger. 
Uh, last year they purchased, because uh, again, for people who don't know, these comic shops, they don't just get these comics for free. They do have to purchase them. Uh, and uh, they purchased 25,000 comics and they let people take up to 10 comics. Uh, so last year they told me they were left with about 500 comics, which basically comes out to probably about 2,500 people went through the line between Friday night and Saturday. Uh, and this year they purchased 30,000 comics. So again, they just, they just know they're going to get bigger and bigger every year. Well, they do a midnight release. Uh, so it starts at 10 o'clock, uh, with about 20 to 30 local artists that will do sketches for free. Uh, you're able to go into the, they rent out this shop just a little bit down from where the comic shop itself is. And, uh, they set up all the artists there. And they take really good care of them. They bring them, you know, drinks and they bring them food during the night and everything else. And, uh, these artists are just there to draw whatever you want to draw. And then, uh, and you stake your claim, you know, uh, as far as in line, everything else. And you leave, you can leave your stuff there. Nobody bothers it. Um, and then you can come in, get some drawings done and everything, some sketches done. And I had some really cool pieces done for me this year. Uh, in my, both my 80s sketchbook and my Star Wars one. Uh, then, uh, at midnight, they open up the line. So you gotta get back in the line, go through, get your comics, and then you can go right back to, uh, getting sketches done and mingling with people and everything else. That line started at midnight and at about 1.30 in the morning, 1.45 in the morning is when it finally started to dwindle down. Uh, as far as people, just not a steady stream of people coming in. So people were literally coming in through the line over, for over an hour. Um, and it's, it, I mean, and you're not spending much time. So that gives you an idea of like how many people have really come through there. So all that was awesome. I got to see a lot of people. I did not get to see our buddy Shane, uh, Simic there. Uh, he evidently had to cut out a little early. He was there, but I didn't get to see him. Uh, I got to see a lot of people there that I only get to see once per year. And, uh, I had one of my friends there that said to me, he's like, wow, you know, a lot of people here. And I was like, <laughs> cause every time we were talking, someone was coming up saying Ryan and like shaking my hand and talking to me. So yeah. Uh, so I've been going there for a few years now. <laughs> um, so the big thing for me this year was that, uh, John, the owner of the comic shop, he was doing, uh, for the first time having a guest creator out there, uh, like a big name guest creator out there. And this was his first year doing it. He was hoping it would be successful. And, and if, if it wasn't successful, I'd be amazed because it was, it was a complete success in my opinion. Uh, he had Jim Steranko out there. And, uh, for those that don't know Jim Steranko, he is a legend in the comic book industry. He, Worked on Agents of Sh- Nick Fury, Agents of Shield. He worked on Captain America. He worked on Superman. He worked on just uh, the list goes on and on and on of stuff he's worked on. He's very well known for uh, a lot of his covers. There's the iconic cover of uh, the Hulk holding up on his back the the word Hulk. It's like rocks coming down on him and everything else. Um, that's one of the covers he's known for. There's a cover with Captain America holding his shield up and all the Hydra agents around him. Uh, so Jim Steranko is, he has a, I guess a relatively short career span when you compare it to some other creators, but a very, very well known one. And, uh, 
so he was a hero of, of John's and he always, uh, the, again, John, the owner of the comic shop, he, and he always wanted to have him out there and get to know him and everything else. So he arranged all of this and, uh, he had a dinner where there was only about 25 to 30 people there. Uh, and I got to be one of those people and he rented out this place called PJ McIntyre's. It's a pub just across the street from the actual comic shop. And, uh, Tables were set up and they had on the table, or they had for everyone to pick up, uh, once you checked in, a hardcover collected edition omnibus of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, and which has all Stranko's work in it, and then a trade paperback of Captain America Marvel Masterworks, which has, uh, some of Stranko's Captain America work in it. Uh, so we got those as gifts. And then you were also allowed to have Jim Stranko sign two items as well. And they could be anything you wanted. They could be the items that you got as gifts, or you could uh, have them sign something you wanted to bring. I brought my Marvel Comics Artist Edition, uh, which has a few covers done by Jim Steranko in there. And I've taken that with me to Baltimore to have some other creators sign it. And I'll, I'll mention what happened when I showed him that. Uh, and then I also brought Captain America number 700 with me, and uh, which Jim Steranko did a variant cover for that issue but I brought the blank sketch cover and had him sign that. And I'm planning on having a bunch of other creators that worked on Captain America sign that as well. So while we're down there, I'm getting to know some of the guys I'm sitting at the table with. And each table had maybe like five or six people at it. And uh, all of a sudden, Jim Steranko comes walking down. And he's a little guy. He's not like, you, you know, you see the picture, he seems like, you know, larger than life and everything else. He's, he's, a, he's like maybe five, six, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, hundred pounds soaking wet. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a slight, yeah. he's a slight dude. <laughs> yeah. But man, like built like a brick house. <laughs> he's solid. Um, and, but he comes down and we're all just like geeking out. We're all just like, Oh my God, that's him. He's right there. Um, and he came down and super nice. Like this, this is one of those moments I, I mentioned it in my Facebook post. There's times where, you get to meet an icon or a legend and it ends up being everything you hoped it would be. Well, this time it was even better than you hoped it would be. So he comes down, uh, John introduces him to everybody, uh, you know, just making an announcement and Steranko actually, rather than like soaking it up and having an ego about it, he turns to John and says, you know, I know you guys are all here to see me, but he says, someone I need to acknowledge is this man right here. Uh, and he, gives all the praise in the world to, to John, his name is John Dudas, uh, gives all the praise to him and says, you know, every time I would reach out to him, had a question, boom, he was right there with an answer, uh, could not have had better conversations with him and everything. Like the whole experience for him, what, uh, for Stranko was fantastic. He was looking forward to it. He was very excited. If you ever followed him on Twitter, he was mentioning it a few times. Um, and he's, he's awesome on Twitter as well. So he came down and he just started mingling. Uh, you know, we got some appetizers and things like that. And then, uh, before the main course and while we were having appetizers, he was coming around to the different tables and he comes over to our table and pulls up a chair and sits down right next to me. He was right to my left. <laughs> I'm losing That's my great. shit. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> losing my shit. And he's one of those older guys that when he's telling stories, he's hitting the person next to him. 
I was the person next to him. <laughs> he's slapping my arm. He's like, get a he's turning to me going, get a load of this guy, what he's saying and blah, blah, blah. And he's just, he's talking to us and it was just so much fun. He's like, you know, uh, there was one guy there with his girlfriend or wife and, um, he says, uh, you know, he basically said, you know, how do you rope you into going, come in here? And she's just like, Oh, I, I love this stuff too. And he's like, that's awesome. He says, he says, you know, there's, he's, he's turns to the guy, he says, do you know how lucky you are? And he goes, Oh, I know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're just, you know, just having a blast talking to him. And, uh, like I said, he could not have been nicer and just like, he was appreciative of us being there and wanting to be there. And he couldn't believe that we would want to be there. And he talked about coming to Cleveland and, uh, you know, it's been a while since he's been to Cleveland and to come to Cleveland for something like this. And he says, he says, I had no idea the comic culture in Cleveland. And we were telling him, Oh yeah, it's, it's big. You know, there, there's a big turnout for, uh, comic books in the Cleveland area. And, uh, so then he gets up and he, he's, moving on to some other tables. We get up to go have, get dinner and, uh, it's a buffet style thing and going through there. And as I'm about to grab my main course, Jim Steranko comes walking right up to me and he says, so what's good here? <laughs> I'm like, this is like, remember how John, we've talked about like surreal moments when you're like sitting at, like we've gone to Baltimore oh, yeah. and we're yeah. sitting there with like Shannon and, Andrew Griffith and stuff like that. And we're like in uh sheer and stuff. And I'm like, this, that's not normal. Like it's not normal when Jim Steranko comes to you and asks you what's good on the buffet table. <laughs> I would wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> so I said, well, you got some uh chicken marsala here. He goes, Oh, that's good. I'll probably get a piece of that. And I says, we well, got some pasta here. And he goes, Oh, I can't have that. He says, he opens up his shirt and shows me how like uh muscular he is. And he's just like, he's like, I got to, Keep this stall trim or my girlfriend will leave me. And, uh, I, I said, well, I, there's some green beans here for you. He says, yeah, I'll probably get some of those. That, that looks good. Yeah, I'm going to get some of that. And I'm like, so I come back to the table. I'm like, I just told Jim Stranko what to have for dinner. <laughs> so we all have dinner. It's very nice. And then now it's question and answer time. And, uh, John is going to be the question person. And then he, he was hoping to have, 10 minutes at the end for us to ask any questions. Well, that ultimately didn't happen because Jim Stranko is a showman and he has a lot to say in the best of ways possible. And, uh, he, so John had a list of questions and, and he, this first question, well, first off there was music going on upstairs. So we couldn't really, we were having a little bit of a hard time hearing them at, at the very beginning. And he said, um, you know, I don't want to be, sh Jim says, I don't want to be shouting out all night. And so I said, well, why don't we move all of our chairs up? And John's like, yeah, it's a great idea. Why don't we move the chairs up? So I move my chair up. I am in the front row, just a little bit off to the right, perfect seating. And, uh, John says, I got a list of questions here. He says, so the first question I have is how, he says, I know you love to tell this story. How did you get into the business? And Jim turns to him and goes, how much time do we have? <laughs> John says, take as, he says, we're, we're shooting for 45 minutes, but he's like, take as much time as you need. And he goes, that question alone is going to take me 40 minutes to answer. <laughs> <laughs> so 
he starts and John says, well, then we'll, we won't get to the rest of these questions. He just crumples up his paper and throws it. Nice. That's great. <laughs> so he um, he starts telling the story and uh, a, couple, a few things I remember from it. Uh, I, I do remember a lot, but uh, I don't want to go on a 40-minute talk about just repeating everything he said. But one of the things that was interesting was how he, he went right into how he started drawing. And he said, you know, he, he grew up in Pennsylvania. He says it was uh, very poor. Uh, I believe he said it was like a three-room home that had a wood or wood and coal kitchen stove. That's what he did the house. And so in the wintertime, he says, you guys know in here, here in Cleveland know what winters are like. He says, same thing in Pennsylvania. He says, you get the frost on the window. And he says, my parents couldn't put together a nickel to buy me even like a drawing tablet or something like that. Uh, and he said, so what I would do is just the heat from my finger. I would just draw on the frost on the window pane. And he says, that was my drawing tablet. And he said, I learned to draw using the frost. And he says, the other thing he would do is he would, t- uh, when his parents would get a bill, he would slice open the sides of the envelope and open it up and inside was white paper. So he, he would use the inside of an envelope to, to draw as well. And that was, those were his tablets. He said was the frost on the window and, and, uh, empty bill envelopes. So, uh, he said that he learned how to, to, uh, read at a very young age because of comic books, which I thought was pretty interesting. He said his dad would come home with, uh, used comics. I'm sure probably, uh, you know, disposed, of ones and uh he said that you know they didn't have covers on them and stuff like that and he said his mom told him he learned to read at a year and a half old and he's like come on mom he said i know you're my mom and everything but come on year and a half she after he didn't believe her she brought out pictures showing that she had little notes and what would happen was they would uh read to him and they would have him repeat back what they read from the word balloons and then they thought maybe he was just repeating things so they would, uh, based on the images that he would see, so he, they would actually cover up the images and have him read the balloons and the word balloons, and he was able to read them uh, at that young of an age. So, um, so that was interesting to hear, and uh, he said that that was one of the things, too, he talked about. He says, you know what, you guys and myself, we might not have very much in common, but he says, we have this brotherhood of comics that we just love and we care about. And he said, and that's what brings us together. And that was really cool to hear from him because that's how I've always felt with this podcast. Like when we go to Baltimore con and things like that, it's like, right. We all have that in common. We, you know, we could come from all, like you've talked about it many times, John, we could come from all different walks of life, but comic books is what brings us together. So he goes into, uh, what happened the day of him breaking into the business, he said he, he got to know Wally Wood, uh, which was an idol of his and through different connections and everything else, he got to, to, got to know him and everything. And Wally Wood said, uh, to him and he's very, again, Steranko's a showman. So he, he's interacting with us as a crowd and he comes over by me and points right at me as if he's Wally Wood talking to him. And like his eyes are locked at me and everything else and pointing right at me as if he's talking to me in like 
reaching into my soul and saying these words. He's like, Wally Wood said to me, you will never be satisfied. No matter what you do in your life, you'll never be satisfied until you get into this industry. And he said, and he was, he's like, he was referring to comic books. Um, he says, he says, I didn't believe him. He says, I had a band going. He said, I had a, a job going. He said, I had two jobs going. What do I care? Like, you know, so he says, but I, you know, this is my, this is my idol. This is the guy I look up to. And, uh, so he says he was offered, uh, he was sent to talk to, and I'm trying, I can't remember the name of the guy, but he was sent to talk to somebody with some of his work and everything else. He had created this, uh, story called Super Spy X. And, uh, the guy, uh, said, I, I really like what you're doing here. Uh, but here's what we'd like you to do. And Stranko says, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I got two jobs. What do I care? I, I, if I'm going to do anything, I want to do this, this story. So he's like, all right. He says, so he sent him over to, he says, I got a, a contact over at Archie Comics. So he sends him over to Archie Comics. Archie Comics really likes his work also. But they want him to do some other stuff. They're like, we got our own characters and everything. You know, here's what we'd like you to do. And he says, nope, Super Spy X. It's got to be done. So he says, I got to move on. So he goes down to DC Comics. DC Comics loved his work. And, but they want him just to do covers. They didn't really have room for him to, to bring in a new title or anything like that. So they just want him to do some covers. He's like, nope, gotta do super spy X or no, no deal. And he says, well, sorry, we, we don't have a deal then. He says, all right. So then goes to, uh, uh, Paramount pictures, which is five blocks down the street. And, uh, they have him come in, they take a look at his work and everything. And they lay it out like a storyboard. And, uh, Said, I think there's something here. I think we might have like a animated series in the works here. So why don't you come by on Monday? We'll sign a contract and everything else and get this going as a series. Super Spy X is a series. He goes, all right. He says, it's 4.45 and most businesses close at 5 o'clock. He says, how much trouble can I get into in the next 15 minutes? He goes, I'll tell you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I go down to Marvel Comics. And uh, I go in there and I go to the reception desk and the receptionist is there. She says, how can I help you? He says, I want to see Stan Lee. And she goes, no one sees Stan Lee. <laughs> and he comes over to me and he says, here, put your arm out. So I put my arm out. He grabs it. The guy has hands like a vice. Just grab my arm. And there was no way I was going to be able to pull away. <laughs> and so he said, he he grabs my arm, then he grabs some of John's comics that he has laying out there that were some of his work that are like in poly bags and everything else. And he grabs them and shoves them under my arm. And I just see John's eyes get real wide, like, oh my God, <laughs> what's he doing to my comics? <laughs> and he goes, so he's acting this all out with, as if I'm the receptionist. He shoves them under my arm and he goes, Stan will see me. He says, and I let go of her arm and She's thinking, who the hell is this guy? But she goes back to back in the back and she comes back up a little while later without the, the, uh, you know, the drawings that he did. 
She goes, Stan will see you. So he goes back there and he's having a conversation with Stan Lee. And he says, and the whole conversation is pretty much Stan Lee talking about who the hell this guy thinks he is that he can come in here and demand to see him. And he says, and my whole conversation is about Super Spy X and, you know, what I, what I can bring for him. And he says, and there I am with Stan Lee having this conversation. Stan says, you know, I, I, I like the work here. I like what you're doing. Uh, he says, but I'd love to hire you, but I don't, I don't have, you know, we don't have the room for you right now. Uh, but he says, but here's the thing. I know that you're going to walk out of this office and you're going to go down the street to our competitors at DC Comics and they're going to hire you. And I can't have that. Little did they know he had already been to DC, DC, said DC no. Comics. <laughs> <laughs> he says, so he said he did something that Stan has never done before. He turned to the wall of books that, of the stuff that was currently being sold. And he just turned and said, pick one. And that's going to be your title. And he says, I learned a value. He says, I knew a lesson at that time. He says, a lot of those titles were being drawn by Kirby at the time. You don't follow Kirby because there's one word for anyone that tries to follow Kirby. He says, you know what that word is? And John said, suicide. <laughs> That's right. So he said there was a little, little title that featured Doctor Strange. And it had a little spy thing in the backup feature with Nick Fury. And he says, and I said, I'll take that one. And he says, and that was, that was the start of it all. He says, I never went back on Monday to sign anything with Paramount. He says, I found what I wanted to do. Um, so that was the abbreviated version of that story. Um, but that was, it took 40 minutes to get to that <laughs> <laughs> with him. Uh, but it was amazing. Like he, he knew all the, all the names. He knew everything he did. Um, and then, so, so that all happened. And then he talked a little bit more about some other just general things, really short things. And, uh, John says, okay, well, you know, we, we got to get back over and everything else. He says, so we're going to uh, get the picture taken and we're going to clear out some of the space for him, for Jim to be able to sign some stuff. So we all got together for the photo, uh, which I've posted on the Star Joe's page. Uh, and I've posted on my own personal Facebook page. I've also posted on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Jim Steranko does not take photos of people, but he agreed to take a group photo with all of us. So that was awesome. And they did it in a resolution that, uh, John said that it could be done at a, uh, printed off at an eight by 10 size. So I'm going to get one printed off so I, I can have that and get it framed and everything. Um, and so we get in line and it's like nine 15 at this point and we're way past like nine 15 was when he was supposed to be leaving to go back over. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So, um, so one thing that was cool was John gave us, uh, all of us a card so that we could skip the line for free comic book day since we came to this dinner and we could get our, our free comics between 10 and 12, uh, instead of having to wait till midnight, which I thought was very cool of him to do. Um, because some of the people there didn't have friends like me holding a space for them in line. So, right. Right. Um, so he said that, uh, 
you know, you get two items to sign and everything else. Steranko spent five minutes with each and every single person. Um, so I was like maybe seventh or eighth in line somewhere around there. And I didn't get out of there till 10 (laughs) o'clock, but I brought up the artist edition and he says, what do you got here? And I said, uh, well, I explained what it was. And I said, I've taken this with me to some Baltimore conventions and got a couple signatures. He opens it up and he goes, well, look at this here. He says, other people have signed my book. (laughs) 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 And, uh, he started talking to me and he's just like, he's like, this is really something. He says, this is impressive. And, uh, he asked me about the, the shirt. I was wearing the Star Joe's shirt and I told him I'd do a podcast and, uh, told him what, what we cover. And he's like, that, he's like, that's really cool. He's like, I really like that. And, uh, he says, you know, you probably have taken this thing or, or other things to shows and had people sign it, sign stuff for you, right? And I said, yeah. And he says, I bet you, I'm willing to bet you there's a lot of guys out there that never even looked you in the eye when you're, Sign, when they're signing something for you, I says, "Oh yeah, you'll never believe who he mentioned as as a person that won't, probably won't, didn't even look at me." Uh, does are his initials A H? No. Okay, <laughs> that would I didn't. Been... Know, I don't know if we want to name names. So I didn't. <laughs> well, he had no problem naming names. <laughs> okay. Well, he uh, is who he is, and we are who we are. But yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm pretty sure this person's never going to listen to this podcast. So. I, I honestly, um, there's no telling. Yeah. But he said Howard Chaikin. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, yeah. And he also didn't sign exactly where I was hoping he would sign. He signed right over some black and white area that you can't even tell that Howard Chaikin signed it. And he just started laughing. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> um, but he says, he says, that's the thing. He says, I, he says, I appreciate you guys coming out here. And he says, I appreciate you spending time and wanting to meet me. He says, I just, he says, I just draw some pages and told some stories and, uh, and he says, so I'm going to look you in the eye and he says, I'm going to talk to you. So I'm going to get to know you. Um, so that was really cool. Like that was nice and personable. And, and as much as you're just like, man, you know, hope this line moves and stuff like that. Like it was really cool to spend that time one-on-one with him. Sure. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And then I'll tell you, here's the type of guy he is. Number one, he, I guess he doesn't sleep much. He just doesn't feel like he needs to sleep much, but he, um, John, uh, the owner of the comic shop sent out a, um, the picture and he sent with the picture, uh, talking about the day and everything else and what a amazing experience it was. So Steranko was obviously late getting over to the comic shop free comic book day event itself. Um, but he was a willing participant. And he was, people got in line and he stayed until 3.30 in the morning so that he could meet each person that waited in line to meet him. The event ended at 2 a.m. And he stayed another hour and a half so that he could meet every single person. And then he was there the next day at 10 a.m. when it started again and was there all the way till 6 o'clock. And John, uh, the comic shop owner said he didn't even go use the bathroom. He just stayed there all day and met each person and made it a memorable experience for each person. I was like, I was blown away by that. Like not only did I have an amazing experience and thought it was well worth every single moment of, of my time, but 
the fact of knowing that that's what he did for every single fan that was there was just blew me away. So be great that, if uh, if more people took note of that. But you know, yeah. I guess that that's the great thing is that we can talk about these kind of experiences and and yeah. you you never forget it. And yep. you know, it is a it's there's something to be said for that. And and like like we've been talked about before, I had a chance to meet him for a hot second once, right? I, yeah. and, but I would say, you know, based on what you were talking about, if I get the chance again, I will certainly take it. You know? Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. And uh, John is already talking about who, because he had such a good experience with this whole process and, and getting to do this and everything else, he's already talking about who he wants to have next year. And if he gets the guy who's going to have next year there, I need to be there. <laughs> <laughs> He is talking about trying to get Chris Claremont. Oh, okay. And I, you know what a big X-Men fan I am. So like that's, I would, yeah, I'd kill for that opportunity. So, um, but yeah, this was, this was a huge, huge, uh, amazing moment. I, I posted on Facebook and said, it's one of the greatest, it was one of the greatest times of my life. One of the best experiences I've had in my life. Um, and like you said, I had people that were very eager to hear, like, how did it go? I know you were very eager to hear how it went. And Absolutely. Um, I hope I was able to tell enough of it to make you get an idea of what the experience I was just, like. I, did, he, did he say anything about punching out Bob Kane? Because that's the one he, thing I'd love to hear. He did person. not, but John had it on his list. He wanted <laughs> to ask the story. He told me that, like, maybe a couple of weeks beforehand, he's like, I'm going to see if I can get him to tell the story. The problem was he never got past the first, <laughs> never got past that first question. <laughs> Well, it it sounds like a it sounds like a fantastic time, and you got some really nice sketches too. I noticed. Yeah, yeah. Had, so did well on all fronts that night. Yeah, there's some really great local talent here, and there's a couple guys I go to every single year because they just do an awesome job. Uh, I'm going to be doing a video uh, in the next week or so talking about my experience at Free Comic Book Day, as far as just the event itself. And I'm going to be highlighting those those artists and providing their information so this way if someone wants to get a sketch from them, they'll be able to. Um, yeah, the the one guy is uh, Robert uh, Whalen, and he he did the uh, Jabba the Hutt sketch that I got. Uh, yeah. I've gotten a sketch from him every year. He's just got a really fun, cartoony style, and it's really cool. And then the other one is uh, Rick Lozano, who did uh, the Boba Fett sketch for me this year, and he's done... Um, a Leonardo sketch for me in a previous year and stuff. So, uh, Robert, uh, Whalen has done a Casey Jones for me in a previous year as well. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was an absolute blast. Um, I had a lot of fun. Our buddy Nick was there, uh, and, uh, Chuck did bail that night, but he had the kids. So, uh, he did go the next day and he said they had a lot of fun, but yeah, this is just, this is my wife put it like, this is my Super Bowl. Every year, uh, and uh, like this is something I, you know, I, I get excited about when it comes. I took a half day off from work so I could get into line early. Uh, I think I was fifteenth in line or something like that. Uh, so it was it was a lot of fun. And I, when someone met, when I mentioned that it's a Super Bowl for me, someone says, "Well, what what would like San Diego Comic Con be if this is the Super Bowl for you? Like if you ever got to go to San Diego Comic Con?" I said, "San Diego Comic Con would be like the Super Bowl if you were one of the players." like you have to prepare for it train for it (laughs) this is just you're going as a spectator (laughs) so well how much 
how much conversation was there about Infinity War in line? There was quite a bit. Uh, believe it or not, there was a few people that did not see it that were around us and were like, I apologize in advance. And they're like, no, no, we know what we did. <laughs> wow. One of, one of the artists actually said uh, he was there. His wife was an artist as well. And both of them said they talked about going to see Ready Player One. And they were like, no, there's no way we can go to free comic book day and do sketches all night for people and all day the next day and not have seen have seen Avengers. <laughs> so... I know you got to see it. What, what were your thoughts on it? As I texted one of my friends after it was over, not you. Well, I texted you. They out-empired Empire Strikes Back. But as yeah. I told somebody else, spoiler alert, it's the it's the left behind of comic book movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved it. I, obviously, we all know that they will reset and figure out how to bring everybody yeah. back. But um, I will – it's no secret that um, – when they announced Stormbreaker, I lost my mind. Yeah, and I, I saw I saw it with my wife and my Daniel was with some friends on the other side of the theater, and he heard me squeal when they said <laughs> it, and and we got out of there, and he's like, "Dad, I know that was you." I'm like, "I don't care." Yeah, it was absolutely me. <laughs> I lost my mind when they brought that thing out. Oh my god! Because yeah. if it sets up, they could set up Beta Ray Bill now. Oh and, yeah, and I I will pay all the money and I will weep openly if they put yes. him on the screen. Oh, I will but too. It, it was it was it was great, and you got to give those guys credit. They gave everybody story. Everybody, yeah. there was it. Was, the pacing was good. Yeah, it didn't feel like a two and a half hour slog. You got everybody no. got time. Everybody, it was great. Like I said, I, you know, I heard somebody say it's the most comic book of comic book movies yeah. they'd seen, and, it, and I, I can't disagree with that. It like very said, much felt like a uh, a comic book crossover event. Like yeah, you know, absolutely, when you, get, you get all the tie-ins and everything else. Because the one thing I really loved, and I'll let you get back to it, but yeah. the thing I really loved with it was. Each section of the movie felt that featured certain characters felt like that character's movie. So the Avengers yeah. parts felt like the Avengers parts. The Doctor Strange part felt like a doc, the Doctor Strange movie. The, uh, the Wakanda stuff felt like the Black Panther movie. The Guardians of the Galaxy scenes totally were funny and, and jokey, just like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie was. So no, I I think they hit they hit all they hit it on all the right marks. I mean, I I only know one person that didn't see to like it too much and, and I'm not sure I haven't had a chance to talk to them a whole lot about what it was I think they were more frustrated than anything gotcha. but I don't know how much they read and so I, yeah. I I walked out going well it's comics so we know and we know full well there are sequels in the works and things right. being worked on so it's not like it's it's not forever right, <laughs> right. you know we all know it's not forever but uh, man I yeah between Stormbreaker and it was what was great was the audience this was probably the most uh, geeked up audience I've sat with. Okay. And like when when Stormbreaker is created and they the Rainbow Bridge brings Rocket, Groot, and Thor in, people were just losing their minds. They were yeah. applauding, screaming, hollering. the uh, The place was just deathly silent at the end, and those end credits were brilliant. With the, the end credits was fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. And just blown away. And then, and it's I think this is the first time that people. The majority of people did not get up and walk out because I've still I still don't understand ten years net later yeah, how people yeah. don't know. But it was funny because I think it was Daniel was telling me somebody was so at the end when it said Thanos will return, some dude was sitting in the audience flipping the bird at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll All tell right, you, I'll we'll tell you seriously. Yeah, but I'll tell you, and, the, and I'm trying not to give too much away or anything like that in case someone hasn't seen it. But 
um, the end credit scene, the the main character that's in the end credit scene, or one of the main characters, when he starts to say what, what he starts he to say, <laughs> I think we all wanted to hear him start to say that. Oh, yeah, had to, had to. Um, and there is a, a there is a little nod to uh, an upcoming movie uh, for Marvel. Uh, in that, the, there's a symbol that's shown, so that was really cool. Um, yeah, it it. Like you said, it never slowed up. It never, I never felt like it was a over two and a half hour movie. It never once felt that way. Um, it, Thanos was a brilliant villain. Uh, I thought, you know, I know Marvel has struggled with some of the villains in recent times. Uh, or really through the whole run, there's only been a handful that I felt like were really good villains. Uh, Thanos probably tops them all. I, I uh, think, yeah, I think the thing that worked really well with him is that you really felt like he thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, and obviously, I mean, most villains think they're doing it, but it's not evil or in his mind, no, I'm doing this to save the greater good. And, right. And was very, just as passionate as the good guys are saving everybody, he thought you needed to do this to, yeah. for the greater good. I, I, I thought there were a couple times he was a little wonky looking, but for the most part, they really, I mean, they just do so many things right. And, yeah. and I, I will be very curious to see how, all this plays out in Ant-Man yeah. coming out. Yeah. I thought it was weird that he and Hawkeye, Hawkeye weren't in it. Yeah. Considering how many people you had. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Is, is Jeremy Jeremy Renner working on a new Mission Impossible? Or yeah, so I don't even know, know what he's up to anymore. Yeah. Well, no, the new Mission Impossible comes out next month. Through right. July. Right. So, but, uh, so that no, could man, have been was, why. Yeah. I was, I was, like I said, I was blown away. I, I thought they, I, I really did thought they hit everything. Well, and again, just, I mean, these are the guys that worked on community and arrested development. And I will tell everybody again, if you've never watched either of those shows, they, they do this world building in those, in these little sitcoms that is astounding. And the number of characters, especially on arrested development, the way they could handle all the family and all the stuff going on, you see the, and, and they put an arrested development character in the movie, which is hysterical. Yeah. Even though it's not actually, the guy, just so for right. the listeners that don't know, one of the characters on the show, one of the, the brother-in-law, uh, Tobias Funke, tried out for Blue Man Group. And so here's this bald guy with a mustache painted <laughs> up like Blue Man Group, and he is in the collector's collection. Yeah. yeah. It was not – it was not a um, – what's his name playing uh, from uh, Bob and David, David Cross. It was not David Cross right. in makeup, but they had somebody – and. I, I guess that story came out last year. I didn't see it then, but my wife, as she was watching the credits, she said they acknowledge Arrested Development in the credits. And I go, wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a character from Arrested Development. So I had to go right on the right. You know, on the old Twitter box and figure out what's right. going on. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, yeah and, and and like you said, it, it definitely ends with an Empire Strikes Back type ending. Uh, the I mean. I don't think anyone's surprised by me saying this. I don't think it's a spoiler, but the good guys don't exactly win. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was a lot of twists in the story. There was things I did not expect. Uh, the the cloaked individual uh, and who that ends up being uh, completely amazed me. I did not expect to see that character ever again. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And uh, they said that the the guy that played him would never do another superhero movie, but... Whoever and, did the voice was 
Yeah, it was good. It, it was a different actor. Good. It was definitely a different actor playing that part, but uh, but played it really well. Um, and uh, yeah, it like I like I said, I was absolutely blown away. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Like I said, for me, it felt like like where Civil War for me, the movie Civil War, I still absolutely love that movie. That one felt like a major story arc inside an individual comic series. Like that one felt very much like a comic book movie to me too. This felt like one of those major summer event ones where it's like it gets its own individual title and you got all the t- all the other comics tying into it and that's what this movie felt like. <laughs> so Well, yeah, I like I said I and I I didn't care much for Ultron personally. I just yeah. I didn't think it went anywhere. That's and, and maybe Thor 2 or the near misses. I, I just think they have done so many so, they've done so well and and like you said the the individual stories felt like those individual things but it yeah. was cohesive and I, I will say maybe the biggest surprise the stormbreaker obviously was a huge surprise i couldn't believe how well the spider armor worked oh yeah because i was so just seeing it i'm like oh this, nah no 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 yeah. dude yeah. it was great it was, was like, fantastic holy, it was yeah. holy crap it was fantastic how they made it work well and like when you mentioned ultron the um ultron does not appear in this movie but (laughs) well the the vision's in it and the vision is partly ultron yeah that's true that is (laughs) we got that whole pitch um but uh the the thing with ultron that bothered me from the age of ultron movie was that they made him too jokey and i was like he's a robot and i thought they got a great casting to you know to have do the voice and everything else but then they made him like a almost comedic at times, and I'm like, I understand that these Marvel movies have been have had humor, but I was like, Ultron should not be a humorous character, and that that made me afraid of what they were going to do with Thanos because I was so afraid of Thanos becoming that jokey character. Also, he was not, he right. was not at all. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was great. He has his uh, his team that he sends out to get the the different uh, Infinity yeah. Stones. Uh, which are relatively new characters. They they appeared not that long ago in the comics, so it was cool to see the the actual those cre- uh, characters up on the screen. So, yeah, I definitely plan to watch this movie several several times. I don't know if I'll go to the theater again to see it, but I definitely because there's just so much other stuff coming out very soon. Right. But this will definitely be one that I want to watch once it comes out to video release and I'll, I'll watch it several times. So I'm curious, did you have many kids in your screening? I did not because I, uh, and I, yeah. well, and I went to the middle of the afternoon, but I did not have very many kids at all. So we didn't, we didn't either. And, and like I said, it's all I could think of was left behind the whole time. Anybody had seen those movies or yeah. you know, familiar with those books. I, I recognize their clothes get left behind when they evaporate, yeah, yeah. but, but I, uh, Apparently, you know, a lot of people, I guess a lot of kids in particular, were just losing their minds. And, yeah. you know, and I, I love the memes that are out there with uh, Optimus, yes. you know, on the <laughs> where, <laughs> where he died. Where he you died. thought like, your child was. Yeah, traumatic. you thought it was bad. That made me chuckle. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely I, I, I guess it's almost uh, it's good that they were willing to take that risk. Yeah. Cause it's a risk. Oh yeah. To, to be that bleak. Cause it's yeah. bleak. I mean, oh, it's, it is. Yeah. it's kind of like rogue one in that we all knew what was going to happen in rogue one. And I, I think I had read, or maybe we talked about, you know, at one point they even considered, Oh, do we let somebody survive? How do we right. No, You've got to, it's done. It's got to right. be 
done and over. And those people's memories, have, they have to be remembered for what, you know, save, doing what they did. Right. Same thing here. I mean, you, you know, as soon as they started evaporating, oh, you know, again, I know Spider-Man's got a movie coming out. You can't just Black Panther just had a made a billion dollars. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Um, but but they, but yeah, like, uh, one of my friends, uh, did, uh, took one of my photos from Baltimore con where I'm staying next to Iron Man and we're both doing the, (laughs) you're evaporating and I'm evaporating and he he put, uh, Tony, I'm not feeling so good, which was (laughs) an extremely sad moment in the movie. Yes. Yes. Um, Uh, the young lady next to my wife started crying at that point or no, she cried when vision, when vision went gray. Oh, Okay. Which I'm, I'm curious how many people in the audience even, and I know you did, and I know I did, read the, uh, Vision Scarlet Witch miniseries back like in 86. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I wonder how many people, cause Heidi thought it was kind of skeevy, the whole age difference. Of course, I said he's a robot anyway, but, right. or Android, but I said, oh, you know, they have kids, they, they have yeah. this whole life, and they start playing that. But yeah, when, when, I think the second time, or when, when, when he turns gray, the yeah. girl next, to, the girl next to Heidi just bawling her eyes out. Yeah. Just, And I I will say, just because this is mentioned in the in the trailer too, the one it's a very 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 small nitpick that I have, but it disappointed me a bit was when Black Panther says, "Somebody get this man a shield." Yeah, I I wanted it didn't have to be the red white and you know red white star shield of Captain America, but I wanted him to have the round shield. I wanted him to have a shield, and instead he got like these forearm like shield type things that were just, I was like, I was a little disappointed to see that. Cause I was just like, no, I want him to have his shield. I want him whipping that around and all that. So I really was hoping they would call him nomad at some point or, yeah. or throw that out there. Cause I thought it would, you, know, you don't not, you couldn't really tell until the movie. I couldn't tell that he was just wearing a cap costume with like the black star on. I mean, it was, yeah. I, you know, it wasn't like skivvies or a, a military uniform. It was just like, Oh, that's a superhero costume. Just right. dirty. Right. right. <laughs> but I kept, I kept waiting for him. To, I, I was like, "Oh, this is their chance to bring him up as Nomad or do something yeah. like that." And yeah. that was a little surprising. But yeah. no, I mean, yeah, like you said, yeah, that. Hey, if and, that's the smallest and, thing we got to tweak oh, about, then we're doing well. Because oh yeah. <laughs> well, somebody so pointed out, I think, on the Star Joe's page that uh, they they posted a uh, image of the Buzzbore from GI Joe, the Cobra yeah. Buzzbore, and they said. Well, uh, if Avengers taught us anything, is that these things are these things are actually deadly. Because <laughs> <laughs> again, not to, I hate spoiling anything, but there are these giant wheel things that are very reminiscent of the buzz borers that just take out so much stuff. Um, so that that was really cool. But yeah, I love the movie. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I'm looking for, and we have two movies coming out. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I think will be a fun movie. It's and then, like a lot of fun. Yeah. And then we'll have, and I really like the first Ant-Man movie. I did too. Um, yeah. And then, uh, then we're going to have Captain Marvel. And then we're going to have the second Infinity, uh, movie, which whatever, I don't know what they'll call it. I don't know if it'll be Infinity War Part 2. I don't think so. I think it's going to be called something else. Uh, but it'll be, uh, I had, a, I had a couple friends actually just text me today that were like, when's the next one come out? I just saw it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was absolutely awesome. The Captain Marvel will be interesting too because it takes place in the nineties, right? It's like when she first yeah, it's supposed to take place in the eighties or nineties, somewhere around there, and it's supposed yeah. to be loosely based on the Kree Scroll War. So that, I, that's what I was telling I was telling somebody. I said it has they have to do that at some point. Yeah, 
We need a super scroll. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. The technology. Come on, guys. The technology is there. We know Marvel can do it. <laughs> absolutely. Well, and I will say that's the one thing that I like you mentioned earlier. I was very pleased with uh, the movie is that to have all those characters on the screen and all of those actors and no, at no point did you feel like any of them got slighted. At no point did you feel like one character was more important than another character. Like, I felt like they all really had their moment to shine, and they all had their moment to really stand out as a character. So I I thought it was really, really well done. I'm right there with you. I'm so, right there with you. The other thing I really loved is they brought a lot of the supporting cast in. So it wasn't just the heroes. You got yeah. you got uh, T'Challa's sister. You got Pepper Potts. You know, you, uh, you got a lot of the supporting characters. Wong was there, you know. So to see all those, all those characters uh, that, coming in that, is... That was the one speculation I had that did not, and I never said, I told my family, but I never said it to anybody else. I kept expecting Pepper to be in the Hulkbuster armor. Oh, okay. I fully expected that after they put her in the rescue armor and Iron yeah. Man was at three, I guess, or whatever yeah. one that she wore the, she wore rescue. I was like, well, maybe, maybe yeah. like that, you know, cause yeah, that would have been, <laughs> yeah. that could have been and something. I did, I did expect more Hulk than what we got, but. I also understand they're probably saving some of that for the next movies. I th- I thought it was yeah I thought it was an interesting way to not have the Hulk in the movie. Right, right. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, so you got to hear us talk all about Free Comic Book Day. You got to hear us geek out over the Avengers movie. Uh, and now for the the main event, the reason you're all here, uh, John, I'm going to turn things over to you to introduce our our guest and uh, kind of kick things off here for us. Awesome. So this episode's obviously called an interview with Jamie Cosley, and I've been really fortunate to know Jamie for, I think, more years than either of us want to admit. But um, Jacob took art lessons from Jamie for a long time, and I've gotten to watch his career grow and develop, and it's been phenomenal to see. And what's great is uh, Jamie is into the same stuff we are, and he was fortunate enough to get involved with Topps uh, working on some Star Wars stuff. And that led to Star Wars Insider magazine and doing a cartoon every month for them. And, well, he's got a, an event here in the greater Richmond area over in area called Glen Allen at the Cultural Arts Center. They actually have an art installation of his for about a month. And I talked to Ryan. I said, you know, Jamie is an awesome dude, and I can't be more thrilled for him. We wanted to get, get him on to tell everybody about himself and about his experience, you know, with Star Wars, working as it and kind of growing up with it and yeah, so without further ado, Jamie Cosley. Welcome, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. That was quite an intro. <laughs> That's why I turned it over to John. So, <laughs> so, so Jamie, talk to us a little bit about your experience. As I mentioned, we're kind of all the same uh, age and all, but talk to us about you know, your first experience with Star Wars as a kid, and, and did you ever dream that you'd end up working on the property? No, I didn't. <laughs> um, it has been uh, an absolute dream come true, uh, uh, a true blessing um, to be able to uh, to work on these characters. My earliest memory was um, five years old. Uh, I was both um, terrified of and 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 looked up to Darth Vader. Uh, <laughs> I, can, uh, <laughs> I can remember very very vividly uh, as a small child being like, oh, my gosh, you know, because he was just larger than life. And I was um, uh, I went, I think one year uh, I got the, you know, the old 
plastic um, costumes you could get. You put them on, you can't breathe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had one, too. <laughs> and uh, I can remember dressing up like Darth Vader, and um, I still have my original Darth Vader from when I was a kid. So it's really cool uh, to, to be able to uh, to draw these characters and to – I mean, it's it's obviously it's – a, it's a humor strip. Um, but I still have to, to be true to who they are, um, because, you know, stuff will get kicked back and, and, um, uh, Lucasfilm will say, no, our characters wouldn't say that, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun, man. And, and, uh, I, I still can't believe it. Even when it, even when it comes in every month, I'm still, I look for it. Like, Is it really there? <laughs> well, I guess talk to us. So you obviously didn't just start drawing, working on Star Wars as a creator, how did you get into cartooning as your profession? And you know, I guess maybe tell us the, you know, a little bit about how you got to where you are now with it. Well, uh, I guess I have been doing this um, uh, full time for right around nine years. Um, I, I was a, a salesman for for several years, and in two thousand and oh go no ten it's ten years yeah because two thousand and eight. My boss took me to lunch and, and uh, he said, your numbers aren't, you know, just aren't there. And of course, nobody's numbers were there because of because of the economy at the time. Right. <laughs> and um, uh, my wife was uh, pregnant with Ava. And um, I'm like, what a great time to lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we, we kind of looked at uh, looked at daycare and 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 just decided, you know, go ahead and, and stay home for a while. And I think the plan was for, you know, her first year. Um, but I started freelancing and, um, <clears throat> you know, just, just one, one thing led to the other. The Lord started opening doors for me and, um, it has, it has been, uh, uh, at times, uh, incredibly scary. Um, but at the same time, very rewarding to look back and see how, uh, he's provided for us. And um, just the people I've been able to meet and things I've been able to draw, uh, it's it's unreal. How I guess how did you get involved? Because you started the Star Wars set with tops, right? In other words, you were working on the sketch cards, or how did how did how I guess how did they find you? Obviously, I've known your work, and I know I know you had you know you've worked on a lot of other great stuff. How did you get hooked up with them to begin with? Well, it, it actually it does have to do with you. Um, the the contact for for tops, how I got involved with them was uh, my friendship with uh, Beck that you nice. you introduced me to, and uh, she's just she's just so sweet and I love her I love her artwork. It's just you know it's a lot like mine. It's very cute stuff, and um, so she got me in with tops, and I started I started working with them. For a couple of years, and at the time you could do uh, cartoony stuff. Now you're not allowed to. Now the the rules with um, Disney and Lucasfilm is it has to be more of a of a photo realistic, which is why you've kind of seen me seen me dabble in that area. Okay. Because uh, I wanted to keep up with it. I mean, I love drawing those Star Wars cards. You know, it's it's a blast. Um. But when I first started, I, I came up with this um, uh, Google-eyed Darth Vader. Um, 
kind of like if you would if you were to put the helmet on Garfield, you know, he's got these big <laughs> <laughs> he's got these big eyes. And um, so I I started talking with Jonathan Wilkins at Star Wars Insider and said, you know, would really love to um, to do some spot illustrations with you guys or or I could uh, I could do a comic strip. Well, I had just said that. <laughs> uh, he goes, oh, you, you could go do a comic strip. Send me what you have. And I'm like, I'll do that. So I spent the entire day, the next day, <laughs> together these samples because I, you know, I didn't have anything. Right. And um, I think it was a full year and a half before uh, those strips were ever seen. And it was actually, it was like a January um, I hadn't heard anything. And so I just, just contacted, uh, Jonathan. I said, Hey, did anything ever come of those, um, comic strips that we sent? Did Lucasfilm approve them? Did they say no? I'm just curious. And, uh, he said, Oh yeah, they're going to be in the April issue. Um, it's going to be a new feature. And I'm like, Oh man, I was, I was just, um, uh, freaking out. Um, that w- it was definitely, um, you know, if this were baseball, this was my, my trip up to the majors and, and, uh, I was just so, so excited and, and, uh, got to meet Jonathan at Star Wars Celebration. They had me signing at their table and it was, it's just very surreal. That's awesome. <laughs> now I know, and one of the things that I've been hoping that, uh, in Star Wars Insider will do, they've been coming out with the, the collected editions where it's like the best of star Wars insider. And I think they've done like six or seven of those so far and they've just been amazing. And they've got like great interviews from the past and everything else, but I still want them to come out with one that has like the comic strips and the, the art and things like that, where it was, you know, people like yourself who have done like just really cool artwork or, or comic stories or comic strips and things like that. Like I wish that they would, I'm hoping that one day they'll just collect all that together. And I'm, I can imagine that if they came out with something like that, you'd probably be even geeking out even more seeing all of your stuff in one collected edition. <laughs> yeah, it, it, um, it definitely, definitely would be. And I've, I've, um, I've reached out, you know, to people about that because there's, uh, there's about a, a, a year's worth now of, of strips. Um, and, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, know of anything, uh, yet, but I do know that I have, I guess I've turned in like maybe five or six months worth of comics. Um, so hopefully one day uh, yeah. the collection would be, would be so cool. Um, it's been, it's been neat for me. Um, some, some geek out moments. I've, I've reached out to some, some writers, uh, some, you know, write, the write some of the Star Wars comics and, um, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to name drop, but just just some guys that are, you know. Go right ahead, man. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> well, just some guys that are pretty pretty well known, and it's really neat to to have them say, "Oh, oh man, I read your comic," and it's like, "What? what? That's awesome, yeah." <laughs> oh, believe me, I understand what that's like because I get creators sometimes that I have no idea we're listening to the show, and they'll uh, they'll reach out like private message, and they're like, "I really liked what you said about this." A couple of our co-hosts, well, one of our co-hosts in particular, Robert Atkins, he, I got to know him because he listened to the podcast and he reached out to us one day and I was like a little kid losing my mind going, oh my God, Robert Atkins, we were just talking about him and he's reached out to me saying if we want to be on an interview, have him on an interview, it'd be great. 
And next thing I know, now I'm, him and I are really close friends, and I text with him every once in a while. So <laughs> it is cool. It's 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 really cool, especially when people are um are just down to earth and yeah, and and they're fans themselves. And I I think I think you can tell immediately when you talk to someone um that they're that they're so grateful for the opportunity, but at the same time. Uh, they'd be a fan no matter what. Right. And, and that's what's so cool. And, and I'm glad I'm not the only one. Like, um, when I, when I found out that, you know, the first comic was coming out, I started buying a whole bunch of Star Wars toys. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gotten really bad. Um, like sometimes I'll come home and, and hurry home and sneak them into my room before, before Christy <laughs> sees them. <laughs> and it's just like, my Darth Vader collection has just grown because he's, you know, he's always been my favorite, and I yeah. draw him a lot. But now I'm the sure. real, the real question is, how many issues of that Star Wars Insider, did, that first Star Wars Insider, did you buy yourself? Oh, I, <laughs> well, I have been in the habit of there's a um, there's a newsstand, there's a subscription, and then there's a comic shop only, and I usually get two uh, per month. Um, the newsstand and then the subscription. Yeah. Um, and actually, right now, all of my copies are at um, are at the Glen Allen Cultural Arts Center. Um, oh, awesome. It's kind of cool to be able to to share those, but I miss them too because I'll, you know, sometimes, <laughs> like I said, I'll just go into my studio and be like, "Yep, still there. I'm still in there." <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, I'm curious. You you mentioned that that uh, they've moved away from your style with the sketch cards and things. Did you? Because I know you worked on. I think you worked on Rogue One and uh, and uh, Last Jedi, right? Or did you work on them before? I'm trying to remember the. Did Did you get to see designs or sketches or photos of characters before the movies came out to to work on those cards? You like, know how, that, what was that like. For Force Awakens, I, I seem to recall we did receive some some early photographs, um, but like for the rest of them, because I just finished, uh, I just got back my um, my artist proofs for Solo, which I'm really excited to share those. That'll be May 25th, I think. Yeah. Um, all we got was the trailer that everybody else got. So. Wow. The cool thing is, I'm a part of this. Uh, tops uh, sketch group and some guy had taken the trailer and did freeze frame for every second. Um, oh, nice. So we got to go in and, you know, like there's a really cool villain in solo. Um, but his man, his helmet is just crazy with the detail. So I, <laughs> I got to go and, and, uh, and look at that. And then of course, you know, uh, Lando. So yeah, for Force Awakens they did, but they really haven't, they really haven't done it afterwards. And, um, and they're definitely more strict now. Um, a lot of times, uh, I mean, I've been very fortunate these past few sets, the, the artist proofs I've wanted back, I got, but I, I can remember for Rogue One, I think there were a few rejected. Um, I can't remember who. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been cool. It's it's challenged me. It's pushed me uh, outside of my comfort zone to try to um, you know become a 
a better artist because I've always I've always been a cartoonist. I mean, that's my heart. Yeah. Um, but it's it's helped me with my cartooning, so it's kind of cool how that all happened. Ryan, are you real familiar with the cards, sketch cards? Oh yeah, absolutely. I just I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like a whole just like I know the comic book fans and you know people get you know sketchbooks and things. It seems like the sketch cards is a whole different world that I just don't know. I'm Jamie, I'm sure you've learned a lot from your dealings with them because I, I it's just a different. There's I don't know anybody that does that, right? I mean, I know well, I know you work on it, but I don't know anybody that is a sketch card collector as such. Yeah. There are some like, people uh, that are just, it is unbelievable what they do with that little sketch card. Cause you know, the, um, the little space is, is not very large. Sure. Yeah. And, but people do, I've seen, you know, people that do the acrylic paint, they do airbrush and, yeah. and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, the work that they do. And it's definitely, it, it's both inspiring and intimidating. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm going to throw mine away. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, and John, one of the things that I've never had like a lot of, a lot of them, but I have a few here and there. And the reason why is because when I got heavy into comics, right before I got heavy into, into comics, I was collecting all of the, uh, comic book, uh, collector cards so like dc oh, does gotcha. set and marvel yeah. did a set and then there was like the jim lee x-men set and stuff like that so then as time went on like i started learning about these sketch cards and things like that also that were out there and i know tops just recently like in the last year or so they just released the original like movie cards in book form so you get all the cards like the original movie cards in book form um and uh, I know they've done s- some things when it comes to the sketch cards as well. So, I mean, it is a really, like, like you were saying, it's a, it's a whole nother animal. It's a whole nother yeah. realm that I've only dipped my toe into, but it is it is really cool stuff. Yeah, it's, um, when Rogue One came out, I mean, I've been doing comics for, for a while. Um, but uh, Rogue One came out, I sold a, a Jen Erso card for $90. Wow. And I'm like... You know, you go to <laughs> you go to conventions and you try to beg people to buy your book for five dollars. I just sold one card. <laughs> and then part of you's thinking, I need to draw more of those. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, you know it's it's officially licensed and that yeah, has nothing yeah. to do with it. But still, you're like, oh my gosh. And I've I've seen some some guys and gals that you know they every every time they do a set, they'll sell some of their proofs for you know two and three hundred dollars each. Yeah. Um, so the demand for these, because it's a, it's a true one of a kind, yeah. um, piece of art. I mean, it's kind of cool. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, you know, kind of who influenced you. You know, you, again, like you said, you've been doing this a long time and I know you, you at one point were spent a lot of time with Art and Franco who we're big fans of on this show. You know, anytime all, all ages books are, while we talk eighties properties, we're fans of all ages and I think especially me having the children that were in all ages for a while, but you know, influences as a creator and, you know, beyond the star Wars, I mean, what else did you grow up with? Or are you into, or who, who do you look to for inspiration when it comes to your work? Well, definitely, um, uh, definitely friends in the industry. I mean, Art Balthazar and I, we, we talk a lot and he's definitely somebody that, uh, that I respect and look up to. And he's, um, we're actually, we're we're actually working on something together. Um, awesome. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, the the two of us. I've I've actually I've I've done all my my part. Um, uh, 
it's going to be sharing the art chores and, and uh, I'm really excited. It's, it's, uh, an original property. Um, but I don't know when it's going to come out because he's so busy, of course. Right. Um, well, once you know when it's coming out, let us know. And we will be happy to promote it. So I will. I'm I'm excited. I, th- I think people are going to dig it. Um, but yeah, Art is is someone that that uh, you know I, I look up to. And then I got to meet uh, Heroes Con last year. I got to meet one of my heroes, Scott Shaw, who did uh, Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew. Oh yeah. He saw some fan art that I had done. It was actually it was a commission. Um, and the guy that bought the commission from me, he was like, come over here and meet Scott. And I was a little apprehensive because, um, because I looked up to him so much. I was like, ah, I just don't know. Um, so he went over there and we were talking and then he said, uh, he said, Scott, Jamie drew this. And he says, you drew that? And I, I said, yes. And we got, we got to talking and, um, ended up going to breakfast that following morning and just spent the whole morning talking about comics, talking about how he, you know, worked for Hanna-Barbera. And it was just like, wow, it it just blew my mind because Captain Carrot was one of my favorite books when I was 10 years old. (laughs) Yeah, I just loved it. I just thought it was so much fun. So to meet him and then to have him say that he really liked my art was just, you know, one of those Wayne's world. We're not worthy. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt, but he was so cool and just, just, just very nice to me. And I, I, I got a Captain Carrot sketch from him, and that's, you know, uh, that's in my studio, and uh, it's just really, it's just really neat. So I love Scott Shaw. I've always loved Sergio Aragonés, grew the one. Oh, yeah, I, I know that very well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he does, I mean, he's of course he's he spoofs Star Wars. He's yep. spoofed, you know DC and Marvel and. Um, He's just fantastic. Um, I remember the Star Wars. It was uh, Stomp, I think, is what it was called. Or yeah. Something. yeah. yeah. It's, great. it's so fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to share the story because I don't think Christy's going to listen. If she is, Christy, it's been years and it's over now. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Jamie wanted the artist edition, grew the Wonderer book when it came out. And uh, he didn't think uh, Christy would be real hip to him purchasing it. So uh, Mr. Thurmond uh, traded art lessons for little Jacob with an artist edition book nice. <laughs> and, and oh. it was uh, quite the coup all around. I remember looking at that book and yeah, it was, that was fun. But uh, that book is one of my absolute <laughs> favorites. It is, it is so neat to see. I mean, he's, you know, one of his, one of his things is he's the fastest car, cartoonist alive and he does those, you know, uh, panels. And, but when you look at his, his work where he's telling the story, he is just so talented. Yeah. Just a love, love it. And, and I got to meet him too. And he was just so nice, so humble. And that's always, that's always awesome. Cause it's not always the case. <laughs> no, no, but it is awesome when they are. So yeah. Well, I, I can't let this pass on a show. Ryan and I, Jamie are huge ROM fans and oh. we, we've talked, you know, we, Obviously, we talk Star Wars and G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, 80 stuff. But we also talk about ROM and we talk about Micronauts. So <laughs> what was it like? You've done a lot of ROM stuff. I know you're doing some ROM uh, pieces potentially for Heroes Con. But yeah. what was it like to work with IDW on the some of the uh, pinups that you did? Oh, I you know, <laughs> that was so weird. Um, 
I had been talking with Chris Ryle, who is just just a fantastic guy. And, of course, he's the one that brought Rom to IDW. Mm-hmm. So I would, like, send him stuff, and I'm like – and it was just kind of like, hey, if, it's, if there's ever a chance to do a variant cover, you know, I would love to do it. And so I, I, every now and then I would do one. And um, <clears throat> and he told me, he said, you know, Hasbro's being a little tough on some of the cartoony stuff um, because he had some people lined up, and I, and I guess they, you know, at the time they didn't want it. So I, you know, just steady sending stuff and talk to Chris. He's just a great guy. Um, and it was, uh, I forget who told me, but somebody said, ROM4 is out and your name is in the credits. And I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, um, I contacted Chris. I said, Chris, did I do something? <laughs> ROM4. And he said, yeah, I gave you full page pinup. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't even know which one it was because I have sent him so much stuff over the years. And um, so when I when I finally saw it, I, w- I was just so excited because, um, you know, I love the old the old Ron uh, comics. And and then I like I like what they what they did with the with the new series. And it was really neat. Um, I think someone at Richmond Comics actually took a picture of it and sent it to me because I didn't even. Uh, I, I didn't even have it yet. Um, I do now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was just another one of those, you know, Forrest Gump moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what besides the comic did you like the toy? Well, That's been the constant conversation that we had. <laughs> here's the thing: I have been trying to get my hands on one of the original toys. Okay. Now I have. A couple of the smaller ones and um, custom ones. My, my friend uh, Jamie Ray, he's a huge, huge ROM fan. He's got, um, uh, if, if you go on Twitter, it's hashtag ROM Pals. Okay. Um, I've done some some artwork for him and for ROM Pals. And, uh, I mean, he's done patches and postcards and stuff. He is actually hooking me up with one of the original toys, and he has uh, custom painted it like a chrome. Um, nice. And so I am going to uh, do a uh, – I've been doing this thing where I'll take some of the old ROM comics and just take a page and then redraw it in my style. Um, and he saw someone. So we're, we're, we're going to trade because um, – you know, he's gotten me to do like ROM sketch covers and, and stuff before, but I was just blown away. He said, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get you one of these. And, and, um, you know, cause every time I looked on eBay, they were like 125 <laughs> and, and up. All right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you don't know if they work, but like this one works. Um, I'm just so excited, man. That's awesome. Yeah. We're talking comics. What are you reading right now? Like, what are, is there anything that you're enjoying that you're reading right now? Yeah, I'm reading. Uh, I usually go to uh, to my son Tyler and ask him, you know, what's what's good because he he's a voracious reader, reads a lot more than I do, and so I usually let him like, uh, you know, inform me. Say what what's the stuff that I must read, and I just finished reading uh, Doctor Strange: The Oath. Oh yeah, man, that was fantastic. Yes, it was. It was, it was like a. A throwback to the old Ditko and, and Stan yep. Lee, and um, I'll, I'll read uh, some of the some of the Avenger books, of course, and then um, 
a ROM. I kept up with all the ROMs when they were out. And then, um, and then stuff that my friends do, uh, all yeah, comics and, and, uh, and stuff like that. And then, um, a lot of collections like IDW put out this giant collection of the Star Wars newspaper comics. Yep. And that's, <laughs> that's really interesting. <laughs> Oh yeah, the, all the Al Williams, uh, Williamson oh, stuff. Oh my God, it's amazing. It is fantastic, and it's just so bizarre because, of course, you know when that started coming out, all we had was the one movie, so we didn't right. know. And right. some of the villains are just so bizarre. Yeah, I love the format that they did with it too, because it's that long newspaper format. So it's not like a traditional book. They actually did a long, you know, horizontal spread for right. it and everything. So. Right. Yeah, Volume 3 was just, uh, Volume two, 1 and 2 of that are out, and Volume 3 was just solicited in uh, previews, so. I don't have, I don't have 2 yet, because they're, um, you know, they're expensive, they're worth yeah. it, but I haven't, I haven't finished, but I've been reading that, yeah. um, and, and really, really enjoying it. Yeah. Well, Jamie, what, you, you, we know you're working on the Star Wars Insider, I, I look forward to hearing more about this uh, project that you have with, uh, with art, I know you do a lot of children's books, and and that's I know it's been a a, a great uh, great source for you. But anything else that you're working on that you can tell the listeners about? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, now the 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 show at, at Glen Allen is just going to be Star Wars, but right. I do a lot of picture books, like you're saying, and and actually uh, Tiny Tree Books, which is a uh, an imprint of Matthew James Publishing. They're they're in the UK. They are re-releasing um, Poppy's Planet, which which was my very first picture book that I did with Russ Brown. Um, that was five years ago, and they're redoing it with a with a brand new cover, and that's coming out on my birthday, June fourteenth. Nice, um, awesome. Really excited about that. I've got a new Zucchini the Snowman book coming out for Heroes Con. Um that I'm really excited about. And then there's, <clears throat> there's a lot of others, but I don't know when they're coming out. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm usually working on something every month and then I turn it in and just go to the next thing. And sometimes I don't even know when they come out. And are you still doing anything with the Disney world magazine? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Every month. Um, right now it's online only it's WDW magazine, which is Walt Disney world magazine. Um, but there this summer they're going to do three or four uh, print issues, um, and I'm really excited about that because it's it's all about the parks. It's all about Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and um, I do that every month. It's cool. a, it's a comic called uh, Nuts for Disney, <laughs> and there's a there's a little squirrel named Wally D that lives in a tree in Epcot. And uh, Wally D goes around and, you know, talks about the latest rides and, uh, you know, meeting the cast members and, and all this. I don't get to draw any Disney characters, unfortunately, but um, I get to, you know, like draw the, the rides and the castle in the background and stuff like that. So it's really neat. That's cool. Yeah. Do you sometimes hint at the characters? <laughs> Well, I did. There was one issue where I drew. I had to have it approved, but I drew the old Santa Claus from Silly Symphonies. Oh, okay, yeah. 
if you remember the way he looked and he laughed, yeah. he had this ridiculous laugh. Yeah. Um, I got to, I got to draw him and I, you know, I just got to the point where like early on I was like constantly trying to, you know, can I do this? Can I do that? And and now I'm like, I'm really, <laughs> I really laid off of, of trying to, cause, cause initially they were saying, don't even draw, you know, Mickey ears. You can't have the gotcha. Mickey ears. And I'm like, okay. So I, I just try to, you know, go by the rules and sure. Um, they, they take care of me. They, they pay really well. And, and, uh, um, it's just great people to work with, which always makes everything easier. Sure. And, uh, it's a lot of fun, but they, uh, art actually put out the first collection on comiXology. Um, it's Wally D number one collecting. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, nice. 17, okay. 17 or 18 of the strips. Um, and you know, they pay homage to like, there's a comic strip in there about of iWorks. Who's, you know, the famous animator that helped Walt create Mickey and, you know, stuff like Disney Imagineers, like guys that invented rides, like, um, Thunder Mountain Railroad or whatever that, that one is called. Um, so if you get a chance, uh, check that out on Comixology. I think it's only like a dollar and it's 17, uh, 17 or 18 pages of, of comics that I've done. So nice. It's great. Yeah. Well, you, we've talked around it a little bit. You know, one of the biggest reasons we had you and, and one of the, I, when I was telling Ryan about, you know, our, our history together, but that you've got this really cool art exhibit going on. I guess talk to us a little bit about how that came together. And there's a, an event, you know, at the end of the month, that's going to be, uh, I guess, an opening event. Can you tell us what's in store for that? Yes. Yes. This is very exciting. Um, right now it's, uh, it's up at the Glen Allen cultural arts center. Um, it's an exhibit. I've got like three very large, um, deep and wide <laughs> cabinets full of uh, artwork, everything ranging from the original line art for the comic strips, um, original sketch cards. So you can actually, you know, see them up close. Um, and then uh, lots of fan art that I've done, like, like blank star Wars sketch covers that I've created. And then I, I took a lot of my toys up there and just kind of put them. They're not for sale though. You can't buy my toys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the cards and the original art is up for sale. Um, it almost didn't happen. I was talking with um, uh, Lauren up at up at Glen Allen Cultural Arts Center, and um, <clears throat> we were talking about putting an exhibit together. Um, but it was like a year out, and I'm like, oh man, I I just don't know. That's uh, I, you know, hopefully I won't have these cards in a year. Hopefully they'll sell. Um, but then she, she got to talking and she's like, well, it would be really fun to have Jamie in there when we have the Lego exhibit. There's a really cool Lego exhibit up there. Um, this guy takes the little individual Legos and makes like these gorgeous portraits. Um, it's pretty amazing. So, uh, the opening night, Opening reception is May 31st from six until nine. And, um, usually when they, when they have these and they have like the big artist names, they have like, you know, cheese and wine and all this fancy stuff. But for us, they're going to have like popcorn and candy. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything more appropriate, man. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I just can't wait. And I hope, I hope people come and, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll want to own a, uh, I, I think the 
uh, I think the artwork, you know, is, is very affordable and, and, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's one of a kind. Um, I've sold, I've sold one strip, uh, so far. So there's one strip that won't be there, but there's lots of, lots of artwork to see and you can match it up with the, uh, I have the magazines there so you can kind of match up and see the line art. Um, and, uh, and, and like the acrylic paint on the, on the cards, you can actually, you know, you can see the, the blood, sweat and tears. So it's kind of neat to be able to share that with people. Awesome. Very cool. Nice. Well, I think Ryan, if you're ready, I think it's time for the firing range. I think it is. So, uh, for our guests, as well as for any new listeners out there, uh, the firing range is a series of quest rapid fire questions. John and I will go back and forth. Uh, the guests can answer them however they fit, uh, feel fit. They tend to be uh, a this or that type question or just a whatever pops in your head as an answer. Uh, right. Again, you can answer them however you want to. If you want to explain your answer, you can feel free to. Or if you just want to leave it at the answer, that is your choice as well. So, um, But the first one that we always start off with, uh, it is, it's the uh, qualifying question, is Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Okay. You get to stay then. <laughs> <laughs> how about uh how about G.I. Joe or Cobra? G.I. Joe. Okay. Uh Jedi or Sith? Sith. Ooh, okay. <laughs> he said Darth Vader. How about it's Autobot true. or Decepticon? Uh Autobot. Okay. This is uh this is a choose your religion of the two, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Okay. Okay. Is Chewie a sidekick or a full partner? <laughs> I'm going to go with full partner. Okay. <laughs> uh, one of our more off-the-wall ones, cake or pie? Ooh. <laughs> um, cake. Okay. First comic you ever remember buying or getting as a kid? First comic I ever, it was probably something like Unknown Soldier. Ooh, or, oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, or like GI Combat or something like that. You know, like 50, 25 or 50 cent. Hour, hour, I, if it wasn't that, I want to say something cool like that. It was probably Richie Rich, though. <laughs> 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 and, and this question may be uh, it can be very difficult or it might be very easy for you uh, what's your dream character or property to work on as a creator oh you're going to laugh at me <laughs> um, well obviously uh, right now I'm working on Darth Vader which is pretty cool but the two that I've always wanted to work on is Super Goof and Spider Ham. Nice. <laughs> I would I'd pick up Spider Ham any day of the week. And, yeah. Yeah. They're actually coming out with an action figure of him, the Marvel Legends size. Really? Um, yes. It'll be the six inch scale version, so he'll probably be like half he'll probably be like three inches. But yeah, they are they are working on a Spider Ham one. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well the the last question, Jamie, is what would you be doing professionally, do you think, if you weren't doing what you do now? Oh gosh. And you can take that seriously or, or not. We, we've had a, a, the gamut of answers. 
Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I've always wanted to be a cartoonist. I can't imagine not. But I, um, I lead worship at my church. So, you know, I guess if I got to take my family with me, I could be like a, one of those touring musicians or something like that. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. That's better than Chris Giarusso told he'd probably be the sweat, what sweat wiper guy at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> he did not feel like he had any marketable skill otherwise. <laughs> that was funny. He's great. Oh, I love him. Well, before we get into our, our, you know, closing information and everything else, uh, John was kind enough to remind me, uh, <clears throat> in an email that, uh, to bring up the Star Wars trivia again, uh, I got a deck of Star Wars trivia cards for Christmas one year, and uh, I had meant to read a, these. Every card has two questions on it, and I meant to read a card every single episode, and I started forgetting to do that. So uh, now, He last, forgot for a year, Jamie. Let's yeah. Just, and we yeah. just started okay. again last week. So right. There was our last episode. <laughs> right. So uh, so I do have the card here, John. So uh they are they are multiple choice, but I'm only going to give you the multiple choice if you, if you absolutely need them. So John or Jamie, either one of you can answer this. Okay. Uh, where did Chewbacca find troubled C-3PO in Cloud City? The, the um, scrap heap or the 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 just the, the what do they call it the oh not dissolution plant. I don't know. I mean, he was like in the scrapyard. I thought. Yeah. No, Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, I was, it was either, um, I was either going to go with that or some, some sort of like closet. Um, no, he was, he went into the closet and then Stormtrooper shot him and blew him up. And then, yeah, I'm going to go with, I think John's right. Yep. He was in a junk pile. Yeah, there we go. Yep. <laughs> it didn't have a fancy name on Cloud City. Right. It? <laughs> and then, uh, what did Luke Skywalker tell Han Solo he was going to investigate on Hoth? Mm. Oh, the meteor. Yeah. Oh, that's really bad. I just watched Empire 2. <laughs> <laughs> just watched it like a couple of days ago. <laughs> I can't remember. Well, John was right with the meteor, right? Yeah. So. See, once again, listeners, I know Star Wars stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, Jamie, why don't you tell people where they can find your stuff, uh, and why don't you go ahead and promote the art show one more time, uh, giving the information they need for that as well. Thank you so much. Thank you both for, for having me. Um, JamieCosley.com is, is my website, and I regularly update uh, my blog with uh, fan art. And the art show, it's called Star Wars, The Light Side Art of Jamie Cosley, is at the Glen Allen Cultural Arts Center. Opening reception is May 31st from 6 to 9 p.m. Please come out, uh, and especially if you, if you hear about it um, from Star Joe's, let me know. Uh, I'm going to try to um, take some, uh, some sketches with me to hand out. Uh, so please let me know. I'll make sure I get you one. Cool. Very cool. John, how can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, John, J-O-N, underscore Thurman, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. My other podcast, the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I want to thank Anthony Hauseel, who was kind enough to leave me a review. 
the offer stands, folks. You give me a five star review on iTunes and send it. Send me a copy. I will send you free stuff, and I don't cheap out. Jamie knows has known me a long time. He knows I'm a good good gift giver and a, all around hopefully a good dude. But nice. uh, but the uh, the HR Social Hour show can be found at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Very cool. Well, you can find our stuff at uh, for Star Joe's at starjoes.com. I do want to thank our Patreon members, uh, those that have sponsored the show, uh, Jonathan Morgantini, who has actually just started his own podcast. It's called Just Roll With It, and it's R-O-L-E, as in role-playing. It's a Dungeons and... Uh, his first episode, first two episodes are out. The first one's called A Motley Crew, and it's a Dungeons and Dragons uh, game that he's playing with others uh, that takes place in Middle-earth. Uh, then we have Ben uh, Penserga, who has Movies and a Meal podcast. And then we have uh, Will Bell, who is Dudes in Toyland, which is about toy collecting and customizing toys. So nice variety of stuff there that I think appeals to a wide variety of our audience out there. Uh, so thank you guys for sponsoring the show. Uh, again, you can check out any Patreon episodes. Extra episodes are coming very soon. Uh, and that's for uh, $3 per month. You can get extra episodes of Star Joe's. Uh, please follow you, the YouTube channel. Uh, I will have new videos coming out in the next couple weeks. And then uh, you can email the show at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can call, leave us a voicemail. We have not had a voicemail in a long time, so give us a call and leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the air. It's uh, 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. Uh, and uh, we'll respond to that. Please leave us an iTunes review. You can get Star Joe's merchandise. Find it at starjoes.com. T-shirts, hoodies, all that fun stuff. Uh, and uh, find us on Stitcher Radio. Please leave an iTunes review. All that fun stuff. Uh, we have a group page on Facebook plus a fan page. Uh, as soon as you request to join the group page, I will approve it. You can follow Star Joe's on Instagram where you can see all my comic reviews of anything that I'm currently reading. And uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close the show by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone.